Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. Be sure to check out the booklet, Cost of Revival, by Rob Linstead. This booklet shows that if God would send revival when Elijah stood completely alone, he can use you. Cost of Revival by Rob Linstead is available right now for a gift of only $5 or more. Order your copy by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. An article by Pastor Shane Eidelman, Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, was published in ChristianHeadlines.com in late March of 2021. It got me thinking, partly because it hit close to home personally and because his ideas are worthy of wider consideration. He opined that a cancer diagnosis is never welcome news after a routine doctor's visit. I know that is the truth. Well, my friend, it goes deeper than that. The test results are in. America's stage four cancer has metastasized to the family and the church, as well as to the government and schools. We are more depraved than ever before. Animals are guarded and protected, but innocent children are slaughtered. Porn is protected and sex trafficking is on the rise. Cardi B's lyrics get a pass, but scriptures are banned on social media. Words cannot express this outright lunacy, like the bungee jumper who plunged to her death because she thought she heard, now jump, when the instructor said, don't jump. America thinks it is hearing from God, but it's not. We're drowning in a cesspool of moral filth. The wicked freely parade and prance about while evil is praised throughout the land. Psalm 12:8 says it this way, The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Recently, a Canadian father was arrested for referring to his biological 14-year-old daughter as she after the youngster transitioned to being male. But that's in Canada, you say. <laughs> Trust me, America is not far behind. Most on the liberal left would have no problem imprisoning anyone who disagrees with them. And that's exactly where the Equality Act is going. Unless you accept, rejoice in, and validate sin, they are coming for you. Revival is our only hope. We see throughout the Bible that there is only one remedy, one solution, one cure to reverse the judgment of God. It's revival. During times of crisis, the cure for judgment was to return back to God. 
Sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land unto the house of the Lord your God, and cry unto the Lord. Joel 1.14 Revival changes a nation from the inside out. Benjamin Franklin, commenting on George Whitfield's preaching, said this about the revival that was sweeping the land back then. It was wonderful to see the change soon made in the manners of our inhabitants. From being thoughtless or indifferent about religion, it seemed as if the world were growing religious. End Franklin's quote. Revival must begin in the pulpits and then in the pews. Revival is not adding more church services to the calendar. Revival is not having a guest speaker featured at an event. And revival most certainly is not acting weird and loud. Revival is a sovereign act of God. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? The psalmist asks in Psalm 85, 6. In the same way that we cannot produce a bumper crop by making it rain, revival cannot be planned, organized, or scheduled, but you can till the soil of your heart. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So said Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. Revival is when we till the soil of our hearts through personal brokenness, humility, and surrender via fasting and prayer. God responds by rending the heavens with a downpour. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. Isaiah 64, 1. The cold, hard truth is that many are not willing to pay the price. Gone are the days of John Wesley, George Whitfield, and Jonathan Edwards, who would fast and pray as if America's future depended upon it, because it did, and still does. It's no surprise that Edwards' famous sermon, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God, was preached at the tail end of his three-day fast. Today, that title would be labeled offensive, and many pastors would be too ashamed to preach it, too ashamed because they lack the fire of God's Holy Spirit in their lives and ministry. Gone are the days of David Brainerd, who spent nights in agonizing prayer, as well as praying John Hyde, William Bramwell, and countless others who prayed fervently for our nation. Instead of carrying the baton and running the race, were captivated by shows like American Idol, We Love Our Porn, and Overindulgence. King Stomach, or Queen Pleasure, is clearly on the throne. It's too hard to fast, we say. The problem isn't fasting, it's addiction. We can't fast because we're withdrawing from our favorite addictions, coffee, sugar, alcohol, processed food, whatever. And we wonder why we aren't experiencing a massive move of God in our nation, a move we know deep in our hearts is necessary. We abort revival before it's even been conceived. 
when revivals do spread across our landscape, it's because Christians have spent countless hours praying and fasting. They paid the price. When pastors of the past stood in the pulpit, they preached boldly about the cross, sin, judgment, and repentance. They could say, Thus saith the Lord, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, not Hollywood. They didn't work revival up. God brought it down because his word was honored. The true prophet is never popular. He has an unpleasant way of pointing fingers in people's faces and telling the truth. Today, most pastors want to be popular, and most Christians want their ears tickled. If you doubt this, just look at the top sermons on social media today and the speaker's attire. The messages are soothing rather than convincing. As in Israel's day, the people say, you must not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us pleasant things and smooth words. Prophesy deceitful illusions that we will enjoy, to paraphrase Isaiah 30, 10. Granted, we need to hear uplifting messages, but we have a huge problem when pastors don't want to ruffle feathers and Christians don't want to hear controversial topics. America's stage four cancer was caused by a bad diet of frivolous preaching. The cure will require a complete diet change back to whole life-giving food from the Word of God. This article is more of a plea than a rebuke but the truth is, we have too many puppets in our pulpits and not enough prophets. Quoting Leonard Ravenhill, Pulpit pastors must lead the way and pew Christians faithfully follow, but the way won't be popular and wide. It will be narrow and difficult. We must fast like it matters, pray like we mean it, and seek God as if everything depends upon it because it does. Back to Pastor Shane Eidelman. He said, after I prayed, it was almost as if God was saying, you don't want revival. It will ruin your schedule, your dignity, your image, and your reputation as a person who is well-balanced. Men will weep throughout the congregation, Women will wail because of the travail of their own souls. Young adults will cry like children at the magnitude of their sin. With the strength of my presence, the worship team will cease playing. Time will seem to stand still. You won't be able to preach because of the emotions flooding your own soul. You'll struggle to find words, but only find tears. Even the most dignified and reserved among you will be broken and humbled as little children. The proud and the self-righteous will not be able to stand in my presence. The doubter and unbeliever will either run for fear or fall on their knees and worship me. There can be no middle ground. The church will never be the same again. Do you truly want revival? It will cost you. National revival begins with personal revival when we look in the mirror, repent, and turn toward God. He is our only hope. 
Pastor Eidelman spoke the truth, and we must pay attention to it if we want anything to change, first in our hearts, then our churches, and then in our nation. The problems will only be solved when we as individuals will individually humble ourselves, pray, turn from our wickedness, and seek God's face. And those prayers include your pastor, that he will have the spiritual backbone to stand true no matter what or who comes against him. A number of churches are under fire right now because they dare to stand up for truth in the face of government oppression. It will be interesting to watch and see what happens. There is no room for compromise. When we have the truth of God's word and are not afraid to stand firm with it as our guide, there is no stopping us. It really isn't us, though. It is God who is our shield and defense, and he will lead the way. To reinforce, American Christians may need to face a level of oppression we have never seen before. The kind of oppression and opposition that has been seen in other parts of the world may soon be normal here. The Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 armor of God is necessary. I'm reminded of Proverbs 28, 1, where we're assured that the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. For all of the bravado of those who are acting wickedly, there is a coward lurking deep inside, unless their hearts and minds are totally in Satan's control because God has already given them up to their wickedness. They know what they are and that they are wrong. Christian friend, we know what we are too. We are the children of the King of kings and Lord of lords who will rule and reign in righteousness in the near future. He will be magnified and glorified in our sight. Catch a glimpse of him in the pages of Scripture and realize we are on the side of the winner. In Philippians 1.14, Paul mentions the many of the brethren of the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. I hope we'll not have to find ourselves in bonds or prison, but many have been around the world before us and even are now. An old song has the line, and when the war is over, we shall wear a crown. War is not a fun time, but when this war is over, Jesus will be the victor, and Revelation 21.8 assures us that the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The list in that verse is long and includes many who are grossly wicked. We could easily say, I'm not one of them, but none of us can claim never to have told a lie. For anyone who has not placed their trust in Christ as Savior, there is no bright tomorrow. If that includes you, there is hope. Reach out to us today to know how your sins can be forgiven and that Jesus is your Savior. Exchange fear for faith today. Mm -hmm.
the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.